queer body. Today we are launching our year of duets. And so this format will be a little different than what you are accustomed to. And I hope it will be a welcome change. So I posted this a little while back and in our interview, Marley pointed out that I like to put out ideas and then somehow make them happen. That is indeed how my process works. I often have an idea and then figure out a way to make it happen after I've already announced it. (laughs) So here we are. Uh, I love duets. Um, and this is something I posted a little while ago, but, uh, even though it's definitely not their best work at all, I was reminded of this love for duets when driving my kid, my 13 year old to school, and we were listening to the top 50 hits playlist that included Britney Spears and Elton John singing together to hold me closer. And it just made me feel like I am a huge, it reminded me, I'm a huge fan of duets, of collaborations, of any creative ways that we can find to be together, to find intimacy in the midst of this chronic pandemic. So in the next year, I'm going to do something that I've been wanting to do actually since I started. I'm going to host a year of duets, groups of two, can be friends, collaborators, siblings, lovers, exes, parent and child. I've always thought of therapy as a kind of duet. And while I'm shifting how I exist as a therapist in the world right now, still very much believe in the power of what catalyzes in moments of being together. So here's to a year of living in this queer body duets. I have deep gratitude for Samantha and Marley for getting us started. And I'm currently taking suggestions and nominations. I'm really excited about this pivot. I also know that even though I've been forced to radically shift how I practice psychotherapy, I still want to be in the mix. So in December, Onyx, Fuji, and I are hosting a Kintsugi Therapist Collective Weekend Retreat for care workers called Mending with Gold. And it promises to be a powerful space for challenging the unrealistic expectations of the care work industrial complex, nurture pathways for reconnecting with pleasure and develop enlivening professional practices and strategies. This program again, happening in December is really a weekend retreat, a virtual weekend retreat, and it's designed to support 
support therapists, somatic practitioners, and other aligned healthcare practitioners. So registration is open for that weekend retreat now. Also, looking ahead, in February, Embodied Testimony will return, and the focus of this three-month intensive is sick and tired, because who isn't? There is a lot more about the three-month program, a link for registration for both of these offerings in the show notes. So thank you for being curious and looking into these ways that I am shifting into working and supporting me in that. Um, So on to the duets. I loved Samantha and Marley talking about brain medicine, the challenges of being a bummer, shared love of the Fox show 911 with Angela Bassett, which I've never watched, but now totally I'm going to. Tackling the day when chronic pain is ever present. Christian Bale inspired playlists and body positivity as a trap. We even imagined the next moves for this fantastic duo. I appreciate you tuning in as always, and please consider supporting the cost of producing this podcast and signing up for my newsletter at livinginthisqueerbody.com. So now I'm going to introduce our duet duo. Marley Grace is a dancer and writer whose work focuses on the self, devotion, ritual, creativity, and art making. Their practice is rooted in improvisation as a compositional form that takes shape in movement, videos, books, quilting, online courses, and hosting artists. Grace's Instagram dance project personal practice has been featured in the New York Times, Dance Magazine, Vanity Fair, the Huffington Post, and more. They have a newsletter that comes out every Monday called Monday Monday. All should subscribe to that. I have and love it. Sometimes it comes out on different days, but usually it comes out on Monday. It's always free. If you love it and want to also read the monthly advice column, yes, yes, you can become a paid subscriber. Marley's most recent book is Getting to Center, Pathways to Finding Yourself Within the Great Unknown. They also wrote the book, How to Not Always Be Working. Their favorite duet is Dilemma with Nellie and Kelly Rowland. And Samantha Irby writes a newsletter called Bitches Gotta Eat. Samantha does a lot of other things. Her favorite duet is Patti LaBelle and Michael McDonald's On My Own. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to the next duet. Right, Sam, you want to? Do you want? Wh- shall I? Shall you? Shall we? This is our I, first date. I know. I'm really excited. I'm really excited too. I'm. I was saying to Kirsten, my wife, yesterday. I was like, you know, talking to Marley tomorrow, and she was like, "What?" She's so jealous. <laughs> 
so this is really this is great um in my body so i feel like um a like i am breaking a societal rule because all i do is talk about how much i uh hate being inside this body that is always sick and uh giving me trouble and is unpredictable and like you know everybody's like body positivity now which um feels like a trap in which you can't talk about your body's problems <laughs> and uh yeah i always am i always am like the grudgingly dealing with whatever my body is doing i do not have days of like joy in it <laughs> like oh because it's always presenting a problem for me it's hard for me to look at i kind of look at it as like the thing that carries my brain around which i really i'm like i have a good brain you know um the body mm, not so much so that is how I am feeling at war, in a cold war with my body at all times. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? How am I feeling? Um, you know, my my relationship with my body is so strange because it really is this pendulum of like, I experience a lot of joy and a lot of freedom in my body of like about half the time. And then the other half of the time is like crippling, horrible pain within my, I'm like, in terms of today, it's like my skin, my hands, which I use for, for a lot of things for mm -hmm. quilting, for typing, for just, you know, hands, people who ha use hands. Um, <laughs> are just covered in like scabs from like a dry scab from like an eczema flare-up which is all over my arms i'm like having my chronic spine nerve mystery pain right now i've i have i texted a friend the other day i thought i was having like a co2 reaction in my house because i was starting to like which now i'm wondering if i have perimenopause because i was like getting like hot like heated like every uh -huh. time an appliance would be on I'm, I'm getting hot and i was like am i really like a new ager who is sensitive to emf waves at 34 like i'm just so i'm today in my and um this is something we talked about before tooth stuff is like i've been in i started a medication for my brain that i also do like um <laughs> And it's when some like jaw clenching stuff started for me and it's been really frustrating. So I'm, I think what I'm, what I'm learning more and more is to like how, which I would love for you to answer as well is like my question to myself and to others is like, especially the, like, you can't plan for the pain flare up yep. is like, how do I, if I'm not in joy in my body, like how can I be in joy or gratitude? Like how can I enjoy my life and be in pain at the same time? Because I think I used to be like, oh, pain flare up, guess goodbye. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So now I do feel like I'm growing a relationship with being like, yeah, I can't turn my head today, but I'll go for a walk still, you know? So I'm curious how that works for you. Like how in your, when you're sick or having pain, like how do you approach the days and be in some level of like acceptance of that? Well, I, well, first I want to tell you that I recently started a brain medicine um, as well. And I love it. (laughs) I feel I, when, so I, I just had to start seeing a psychiatrist because I didn't know I have been depressed like forever, but uh, I didn't know that I had OCD, which I was like, oh, you know, when, when you think of OCD, you think of like, you gotta turn the light switch off like a bunch of times. And that's, I don't, mine doesn't present in that way. It's, it's like hypervigilance and like perseverating Mm -hmm. on a single thought and like that kind of stuff that makes it like hard to be a person in the wider world or in the like tactile seeing people in the grocery store world. (laughs) Um, But I am, I am a person who is like, oh, there, there's a pill for that. I'll take it. (laughs) It's experimental. No one's had it before. I'll, yeah. Anything to provide even the slightest bit of relief, I will try and take. I think for me, so I have, I mean, I don't want to run down a list of my many ailments, but one of the things that I'm dealing with is Crohn's disease, which is IBS, you know, but without getting too technical. And it's like, I have for so long had my life dictated by the um, whims of my intestinal tract that I... A thing that is hard for me is not like feeling joy and gratitude because I, I'm, I, my childhood was really terrible and where I'm at in life now is really great. And I'm able to keep that in mind always, like no matter what. Right. So I'm always like, oh, look, I'm safe. I have a place to live. I have people who care about me. Like it's easy to sort of stay focused on that despite, you know, if my bum knee is acting up or, or whatever. I think for me, the, like tackling the day, the hard thing is the, I don't, how do I put it? I want to say the, the exceptionalism, the, the, the needing to ask for not even help, but patience from people, that is the the thing I still struggle with. I have no problem being like, oh, look, I see a beautiful thing or I watch a thing that makes me laugh or whatever, like the world is good. The part <laughs> where I have a hard time existing is like, oh, hey, I know we said we were gonna do that thing, but my body is just not cooperating sorry enjoy it without me Mm. it's even 
people who love you or think they love you or think they care about you, even like your best of the best of the best, best friend, it, when you have, especially an illness that's not visible, it is so, I have found, and it's been years, right? It is so difficult to, first of all, for me to ask, right, for, to be the exception, like, hey, I know you want to go to this thing. I have to sit in the handicap seats. Is that okay? You know, like I built up that courage, but I think what's even harder is the people who are like, oh, you don't need that. Or that's not a big deal. Or why don't you just go anyway? Oh, that's the reason you don't want to go? I don't accept that. And it's, that to me is the hardest part of both mental and physical illness. Like I, (laughs) I started seeing a rheumatologist and he, he filled out the paperwork for me to get a handicap placard for my car. And I, for, he's a very serious dude. So I wasted a bunch of jokes on him, but I was joking about like, I wish I could get one for my physical person so that people would just know what I'm dealing with. Like, I wish I could wear it on a shirt, right? Or like a hat. (laughs) It's just like, I am unable to do this. Please don't give me a hard time. I think that is the most difficult part for me of dealing with illness or pain, like all of these things that I have struggled with and will struggle with forever is that like even people you know who ostensibly like care about you it's it's almost the like suck it up and push through is I think what makes I would love to like be able to say what my experience with illness is outside of the context of like other people's reaction to it because I might have I might be like oh my old my leg doesn't work and I'm using a cane but that's okay because everyone is like kind to me and understands when I've reached my limit (laughs) like I could maybe be thrilled um if I wasn't always like oh no who's not going to accept the uh, care I'm trying to take of myself. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that. I feel like I literally just yesterday I was driving and I was thinking about like you start to get practice with one of those things. Like there's certain things about my spine stuff where similarly, like I've gotten really good at being like, I'm going to need a chair at this thing. Um, And like not being afraid of that anymore. A new one for me that I'm getting honest about is sense and smells. Mm -hmm. And I think that one I start to gaslight myself because for some reason, like my spine is a little more like uh, the smell thing is like feeling so invisible. And I was just thinking my chiropractors who I love up here are usually like burning some sort of Palo Santo or incense or something. (laughs) It's really hard for me. And I keep wanting to think about being like, hey, like I'm almost always their first person of the day to just be like, hey, can you like light it up 
when I leave. And I'm just like, I'm having the like, I'm too much. It's that's too much for me to say. I, I feel like kind of emotional, even just this is my first time even just saying that out loud. And even mm-hmm. by myself yesterday, I took a cap off a Sharpie and I was like immediately had a headache. And I was like, OK, I need to stop fighting if I'm sensitive to these things or not. Like I just am. So, yeah, yeah I really that's something that's very present for me right now is like, how do I ask and not feel like embarrassed or nervous to be that person? Mm-hmm. So it's I, I too am sensitive to smells and things will like certain scents make me lose my voice or like make my mm-hmm. eyes water. Like I'm, I'm with you. I'm okay. in the same and it, like the same sort of eczema, like skin sensitivity. Oh, the eczema. And <laughs> living in a house with other people and having to be like, my wife has two teens. And I think we all went through the phase in high school where you are just doused in scents all the time. The shower gel has to smell like one thing and the deodorant has to smell like another thing and the lotion. And it is misery for me, Um, (laughs) but I, and I have like, I would never say, hey kid, don't, don't lay off the Axe body spray or whatever, the Old Spice. Um, But I I did have to be like, okay, you guys are going to use what you're going to use, but the soaps all have to be unscented right? Like the hand, like any communal soap. Mm-hmm. And it does, you know, what's terrible. And, and I don't want to blame us. Cause I don't think it's us. It's just like the, the feeling of being a big bummer, right? Yeah. Like it's just because we do prize as a culture, like going with the flow. I, I started to write this essay and then I didn't I never finished it uh, so I hope my editor is not listening to this but about how like in movies and stuff you know do you ever watch like a road trip movie and there's like a hot girl who just like throws her tote bag in the car and can like go for two weeks and I'm like I I need six suitcases I need like machinery I need a bag for all of my medicines and just I was like wrestling with this idea of how 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 we just are conditioned to like from a from a young age to really like you should be loose and easy and spontaneous I have never been spontaneous a day in my life if I ever am spontaneous I feel like everything would go to shit (laughs) literally figuratively and so then I think like just sort of this this like you want to be like the the ideal easygoing like oh she's so laid back they're so laid back you want to be that person but when you have needs you I mean you're not that person and I we should we should feel safe to say what we need, but it's so hard. So hard. 
Um, I, so here's, here's how I feel in this moment. I would happily keep talking about our bodies or we could shift into some of our shared loves for TV programming of the television program 911 starring Angela Bassett. We could discuss the band Waxahachie, or we could discuss the photograph of Christian Bale looking like a lesbian that inspired your gorgeous fall pod, uh, podcast. I'm like, you started a podcast uh, playlist. So how are you feeling? Shall, shall we stay in the Let's out of it? Let's switch. I, do, I don't want anyone to get bummed out thinking about, uh, how hard it is for us to ask for chairs. We're like, it's really hard for us to ask for chairs, but it's not hard for us to watch our favorite first responder television show. And we will be, do you want to start? I mean, you gave yes, this. I want to say. That you gave to me. That you, I think you posted on Instagram that you were needing a light watch. And yeah. I, I, am a light watcher right like all i want is the most ridiculous like you're sort of plunged in for 42 minutes or whatever and then you're out and you go on to the next thing so i saw that you were looking for tv shows and i was like mar please you have to watch 911 and 911 on Fox for those of you not like cops. This is no. Kitchen, this is Angela Bassett. This is Peter Krause. Um, and I, so I didn't know you as well at the time. And I, like, I'd read your books and I was like, oh my God, they seem too smart for this recommendation. <laughs> I don't really want to show my true coat. Nothing is worse than like suggesting a dumbass soap opera to someone who's like, I only watch PBS documentaries. Yeah. And I didn't know if you were that person, right. but I I stepped out on faith. And, and, like, faith, and faith hath provided. Please That's, watch this show. Please watch tell this me, show. Tell me, everyone what this show the show describe is, it you know the show is about family okay the show is about chosen family the show yes. is about perseverance the show is about being of service to your community and you know it's kind of like a cab except angela bassett and rishka hargitay it's like you know it's like i don't like cops but do i like hot gorgeous stunning women who play yes. police officers who are here for us yes yes you know, I do. Um, yes. And I love, I just love um, the thing about a 42 minute television program of, of this nature is it has a cadence. It has, um, it's like, you kind of know how you're going to feel at the beginning, middle yep. and end. There's mm -hmm. a, you're not surprised. Um, I, I had Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'm so sorry. I forgot to name, we forgot to name her as one of the stars of the show. I really don't know any of the other actors names but um it's okay yeah it's okay but yeah it's sorry my dog is itching herself if you can hear that <laughs> i June, love it june june you know what we're gonna let her do with her body what she needs to do yeah and, and she's not a bother june's like my body's itchy <laughs> she's like my body my choice <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> as as you are um yeah it's just uh oh and first season connie Britton. 
who yes. is just i mean it's it's too bad we didn't get to keep connie on the program but um just amazed one of my favorite actors really she's incredible friday night lights american mm-hmm. horror story i could go on and on um anyways yeah it's just a good it's just good it's easy it's and it's it's, it's really funny like i find it's it so the last funny few episodes i've been watching i've been laughing like chimney and buck and eddie i mean and Hen, of course <laughs> like the kind of like they're so friends chimney buck yes but i'm like my family um because i also watched station 19 the spinoff of Grey's anatomy oh no i have not watched that okay see i do like that but way more drama way more as kind of you might guess from a Grey's anatomy um but so I that's why I like 911 because it's just it's a little bit it is a little bit lighter. Like even though yeah. there there's less there's just a little less tragedy. Like kind of yeah. like people get saved most of the yeah. time. Yeah. The cases are like my favorite case to um to tell to the uninitiated who I'm trying to convince to watch the show is right. the one where the girl is pooping at her like boyfriend's house but it's like their first date he's not a boyfriend and does she clog the toilet or something something happens with the toilet i'm very obsessed with poop humor so this is right up my alley something happens with the toilet and she tries to climb out of the window to leave his house and like the fire department has to come save her that is the type of thing we're dealing with on this show it's not nothing's happening to like little kid there's no trafficking no you know there's no no, it's all like i was gonna say fun crime (laughs) it's just fun crime it's fun crime it's fun injuries and it's fun yes yes (laughs) yes and it's the kind of thing where you end an episode even like the sad ones but it doesn't like weigh you down after, you know, you can like go on and make dinner and like still be happy. Have you ever, um, because because one thing that you do in your life is write for television programs. Have you ever written for that kind of show or would you want to, or is that sort of a different wheelhouse? I would posit (laughs) that working I so I worked on the sex in the city reboot and it's so funny because people I mean it was not funny at the time because I had never um been under this kind of scrutiny from millions of people before but so many people like had such strong negative reactions but one of the things that did like kind of make me laugh was that people were acting as though like the integrity of the original show had somehow been tarnished by the reboot and i was like i'm sorry but this is like the funky spunk show this is like the the pube dying show like what are you talking about so on the reboot i got to i wrote i had seen this video on twitter of uh kid in a Chucky costume attacking people on the subway in New York, but like fun attacking. He didn't have a weapon. He was just like 
grabbing people's knees or whatever. And um, I talked about it in the room and Michael, the showrunner was like, let's put it in the show. And I was like, are you kidding me? And he was like, no, let's do it. Um, And so, (laughs) and I got to like have Sarah Jessica Parker like try to pee in a Snapple bottle. Like it was, it's so, it's like goofy and fun and the situations are ridiculous and the clothes are like from another planet. So I feel like I've had a little taste Mm -hmm. of that. And I worked, you know what the, I think what the equivalent maybe to 911 is, is I worked on Tuca and Birdie, which is animated. And you get to stretch your imagination beyond the realm of what humans can do. And it took, it was hard for me to adjust to, or like to open my brain up. I, I There's one episode I wrote in which like there's a street cleaning machine that drives over like ugly cars and makes them nice and drives over people and makes them nice yeah so like getting into that headspace was a little weird but I think like now that I've done it I could write some outrageous circumstances on 911 I could I think you and I got to pitch a a 911 like upstate Michigan. <laughs> I I'm I'm a little like, do we start a 911 podcast where we talk about each episode? Maybe. I mean <laughs> and then I and then we're both too tired and sick to get on the call. <laughs> every every review is like this podcast only comes out once every six months. Every six months. And in months. one episode, they talked about one. And then in the next episode, they talked about five. five. <laughs> it depends on the capacity of the day. But yeah, I feel like I, I mean, I have watched just, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is about. I, I definitely have some like, not get or shame about, I mean, I watch, I watch Chicago PD. I watch mm-hmm. Long you i watch station 19 like i watch so many of these shows and i'm always like what is there something wrong with my brain that i know i think you hit on something very real earlier when you said that there's a pattern and a formula and Uh, i think that is very soothing particularly in this time this like uncertainty that's the uncertainty of the times we're living through where it's like, oh, I know I can put this on. I know how this is going to go. There's no jump scares. There's no surprises. I don't have to learn anything new. I don't learn anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to see these. I know that person and that person. And hey, I remember her. That That is so comforting to me. I, so I know I totally get it. There is nothing wrong with you other than having incredible taste. <laughs> I can't believe you listened to my fall playlist. That so, makes my heart sing. So 
good. I was really like, I knew we had like some crossover taste in music, but I was really like, oh, this is good. And I was like discovering new things. And I was oh. just like this. And I will say that for those listening, um, some new photographs of Christian Bale were released to the public um, that shook us to our <laughs> And um, Samantha made a playlist kind of inspired. And I will just say it is a true art to like have like an image like that and thus a list of songs match so perfectly. So thank you. This is the highest compliment anyone has ever given me. Thank you so much. I truly, if I, when I, if I could make it into a job, it would be too hard of a job because there's just too much music on earth, but I would, I wouldn't even do it for money. I would do it for free. Just curate like mood based playlists for people. Um, and I, it's so funny that picture, I have been a Christian Bale fan for forever, but him dressed up as a lesbian lumberjack eating an apple. That a bolt of lightning through my body. Through the body. Through the body. We were dissociated and then suddenly we felt our whole body. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, oh, okay. Speaking of music though, I want to ask you because, and earlier you said something that resonated with me because I never feel free in my body. I'm always, I'm so self-conscious all the time and a, a thing i constantly have to remind myself is like you know you're in the background nobody's looking at you yes. you can be at the grocery store nobody's wondering why you're wearing pajama pants like that is the kind of like self-talk i have to do i am so in awe of your dance practice and your commitment to it and i wanted to know how you how you got into dance and how you decided to mm. teach dance or like make it such a big part of your life because dancing is one of those things i mean i feel like this was writing too like everybody can write right like we all had to write in school like you know everybody can write how do you get to the point where you're like okay this is all I'm going to do, like, or this is going to be a big part of my life. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. You know, I grew up in a home where um, my dad worked in radio my whole life. So mm -hmm. he was working in primarily country music and then in like the light at the light rock station in Grand Rapids, oh. Michigan, WFP. Perfect. <laughs> um, yes. And then he did weather news sports and traffic for the dave and jerry morning show for like a decade like he was like i mean my dad is like this sort of like quiet watery scorpio but like very like radio performance um and so i grew up in a house that just like we were always listening to music and i was five and i think actually the year i was born or the year after is when rhythm nation came out by janet jackson mm -hmm. and that as a very, very small child, like top to bottom, that album, I, it like, it truly made me a dancer. Like, I was just like this, like, I remember watching the music video as a child and just mm -hmm. being like, 
oh my God, like this way this woman dances and like all these dancers in the costumes. And then, you know, my parents enrolled me in like the after school public school dance program that like fed into the Grand Rapids Ballet Company. And I danced there my whole childhood and then got my BFA in dance from University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. And then and then I was like really drunk and out of a lot of drugs for a lot of that time. And then I got mm-hmm. sober a year later and then dance kind of slowly came back into my life. But then it was really in like 2015 where like dance just became a huge part of my life again. And kind of what happened was people would ask like, oh, are you still dancing? And I would and I would always say not as much as I wish I was. And I said that sentence enough times that I was like, if I want, as I wish I was like, you can dance anywhere. Like it was actually like the, the academia of it all mm-hmm. made me forget about like when I was five and my dad would put on like escapade and I would suddenly <laughs> become like a pop star, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what the fuck? And so that's what led me down this really strange path of like starting personal practice, which is this Instagram feed, which I really haven't used in a really long time but um and that sort of became its own viral strange world which where like the new york times and vanity fair and dance magazine and like everybody wanted to talk about this like weirdo person who like dances to justin bieber in their underwear on the internet. <laughs> and i was like great but it's funny because yeah like you said it's like so much of that is like yes i'm a dancer and i really don't that is an interesting part of my own body stuff is like clear that maybe this is quite obvious. I do not have a problem being like perceived. Like I like Mm -hmm. that. I like being seen. I like performing. Um, And, but it's funny because actually at the chiropractor the other day, my nerve pinched while I was there and I started crying and I Mm -hmm. realized part of it is because I didn't want him to, to know. Like, I was like, I don't want you to know that it's I can tell you that it's happening. You can help heal my body. But suddenly I'm like, don't look at it while it's happening, though. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, dance. um, I love dancing. I love dancing. And it's funny. I will say I will use the sentence. I'm not dancing as much as I wish I was right now. So maybe Mm -hmm. if I start saying it enough times again, um, I, I will. Um, so yeah, I love dancing. I feel, um, I have also just been in some more like pain and discomfort in the last year or two than I was the other years. And a lot of times dancing really helps my Mm -hmm. spine pain and body pain. And sometimes, so sometimes I have to like, be like, I'm in pain and I have to trust that dancing is safe. And but a lot of times the pain just stops me from really wanting to do much of any physical activity. So, yeah, that's my dancing. That's my dancing story. (laughs) I I think like sometimes about being in pain that it would be um, so much more emotionally devastating to me if there was something physical I wanted to do. Right. But I'm like, I think that's just to circle back to our conversation earlier. I think that's why I don't get as bummed out is because it's like, well, I don't need my knees to work for me to like read this thing or watch six hours of this (laughs) television show. So 
although like if my brain starts going sometimes i mean speaking of perimenopause when you're on fire and your brain is foggy all the time like when i have when i can't remember something i'm like oh no now this has to be fixed you know what i mean if i was if i couldn't get out of bed i'd be like well i'll work it out but like when i can't remember things i'm like oh i need to no way i my brain that i must protect it at all costs <laughs> like i don't yeah. figure out what's wrong so we'll see as i uh get older how that how yeah. my cognitive decline how i how gracefully i handle that <laughs> i'm just picturing us like old and in rocking chairs like up here just not remembering anything but being yeah. blissfully in our chairs yes i mean maybe that it, honestly that might cure my depression <laughs> not remembering all of the things that i uh can't stop thinking about maybe we're on maybe we're on to something maybe we're on to something okay so let's see let's shall we wrap up what's next what's next there's a book you have a you have a book coming out i'm doing my best to try to write a new book we both have sub stacks that we do our best to send to the people yes what else, what else are we that i mean that's all that's all my stuff i have a new book coming out in may i want to know what your new book is about mine is the same soup just reheated you know it's me doing the thing i always do <laughs> my it's agent is always too. like how how do we pitch the next book and i'm like tell them it's the same shit as the last book but like new <laughs> but new exactly um mine is sort of also same soup reheated but more from how to not always be working. So it's a more like Ooh. a how to, and let's just say it may or may not have to do with some like opening the mail and some IRS and some money solvency, mm -hmm. self-help journey of this chicken soup for the teenage homosexual <laughs> non-binary deading chronic pain soul is what it's called. Yes, I am here for that. I watched your mail opening uh, yes. on Instagram and it was so cathartic and I mean we do get like locked in our own heads sometimes and think that we're like the only one and it's so it just is so nice to connect with someone who has the same like stack of mail you have <laughs> I mean I will say that that's not to fanboy right at the end of our first date but like one of the I, I have told you this but the first time I, I had discovered you is someone sent me a podcast episode where you were on it and one of the big things that you had talked about was that you were sort of talking about the like resistance to the body positivity of it all and like mm -hmm. can't I just have a day where I'm like I fucking hate my body and yeah. I had and I think that that's I do see that we are both so similar, but so different, but I think we have that parallel of just naming the thing and other people yeah. are like, oh my God, like me too. And I yeah. didn't know. I mean, you even did that for me today, just talking about the, like, I don't want to be a bummer. And I was like, Ooh, that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I cannot, what's your new book called? It's called quietly hostile. Speaking of being a bummer. <laughs> 
my god i lit and it comes out in may that's gorgeous yeah. i'll send you a copy early I, listeners you have to wait until may marley gets theirs yes 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 well sam thanks so much for hanging out with me on zoom today and asher thank you for putting us together this was so what a joy this was so great did we do a good job i'm like you did amazing amazing. i need that reassurance as well oh my god i'm like is that what you want do you love me (laughs) i love both of you and i had to really um contain myself because i wanted to jump in at many times and say me too me too me too so you do you were doing the thing you're doing the thing that you do you both do so well um yeah yeah this was great much this is fun anytime you two really should start a podcast even if it's just in idea only the idea of the two of you talking a lot to each other and letting us listen feels cool but you know you have other projects too um but, but i like me, the I, idea i'm like i don't i'm like i got nothing else. <laughs> i'm like i got nothing else to do today i'm like else. i don't have much to do either this might <laughs> actually happen you know i think for me what i've been wanting to do more is like um like a season do you kind of do that, Asher? Like a yeah. seat. Like I'm like, I think what happens is like the thought of just the never ending podcast. I'm like, uh-huh. no. but I'm like, ah, yes, a Samantha Irby, Marley Grace, 10 episode series produced by, I don't know, maybe somebody's listening who has a podcast channel. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, who is picking this up? I'm like, we can be talking Sex and the City, 911, Christian Bale. I mean, that's. I don't know if somebody is listening to this. Somebody is listening to this. And then yeah. give us our sh- our our talk show. I'm yes. I'm really on the Alice from the L word today. There you go. Yeah. Personally, is like yeah. radio show. Like it's just a matter when I'm in my 40s, my bisexual 40s, I will <laughs> have a talk show. Okay, we're going off the rails, but there you go. Well, I'm just, picturing all the outfits too. No, like, thank I'll, you, Asher, thank you. Yeah, I think the I suits. can really imagine this. Yeah. Can you imagine me and Samantha in like insanely hot, colorful, like yes. pink, blue, green suits, just coming out from either side, mug in hand, cue card <laughs> ready to like get our guests? Can you imagine our guests? Okay, I'll stop. I will stop. But that would be incredible. Thank you. Yeah. I the, I couldn't interview anyone because it would just devolve into me like fawning over that or like being so humbled that they allowed me to talk to them that I wouldn't find out any information or it would be like an hour of fawning and then in the last minute I'd be like uh so did you have an affair or what? And, so uh, no, 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 that's, but that's why we do it together. Yeah. Because I was given, I was given some weird gift of not fawning until the last one minute. So we can kind of do sections okay. where I, I'm always kind of opening up the convo, keeping it professional. I and I'm like, you. and then you're like, so in 1994, when the phone call came out that said you were gay, were you then like, you're really, you're kind of getting, you're the gossip girl and I'm the professional guy. Yeah, That's- the reporter. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can't wait. I don't have any, 
all those like journalistic ethics or whatever rules. No, no. I don't have any of that. Well, on a talk show, you don't need talk to. show. This yeah. isn't, this oh, isn't fucking Diane Sawyer on Good Morning America. <laughs> this is Alice on what's her show called on the reboot? Or it's just called Alice, I think. Yeah. Ours is just called Mar and Sam. Yeah. I, I, mean, I might mean, have to do that. Yeah. And then Asher, maybe you can do like a monthly segment about living in the queer body. And that and we can sort of bring that format and you'll do like a it, I'm picturing like when somebody does like the cooking segment on Good Morning America, <laughs> but it's like yours is kind of the like well it's like wellness for the sick body like living. Oh my god! You're like that's too much. No, I'm just thinking more along the lines of complaining about the sick body. But I yes, think that's, I think yes. It, and this show doesn't have to be aspirational, but it will be inspirational. There. You, okay. Okay. I like that. Oh my god! I'm up You're for really a segment. Doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like really in like October for me is such a month of like super generative. I, yeah, I'm like there's so many ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the idea of this um, relationship being very collaborative. It already sounds like it is, and yeah. um, I'm appreciate you letting me and us in on the collaborations that have happened and are to come between the two of you. Yeah, we live, we both live in the same state, but haven't ever met, but have formed this digital friendship. And then Asher, you really gave us the gift of finally hanging out. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you for I'm being so a people, people bringer together. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad. This well, was a dream. I, it was very lovely to talk with you and thank you for your time. Mm-hmm.